Hi guys, my name is Chelsea Vaughn, for those of you who don't know me, and I am your host today. This is my first time ever hosting a podcast episode of my own, and this is my podcast, Vulnerable. I am so incredibly excited about the episode we have today and about the guest we have today. I'm co-hosting with my bestie, Abigail Herringer. You guys fell in love with her, obviously, at the same time I did on Bachelor Season 25 with Matt James and on Bachelor in Paradise Season 7. But this isn't a Bachelor podcast, so we will not be talking all things Bachelor. We're not spilling Bachelor tea, but we are spilling tea. Like We really dug deep into our expectations and things we didn't expect about signing up for this show, because Abby and I did both apply for the show. Um, and also about just everything that has happened since the effect that it's had on us, our mental health, our every day. And Abby actually talked about a rumor about her where Bachelor Nation kind of turned on her and she got a lot of hate, um, something that she's never talked about before. So it's a really interesting episode. We got kind of deep guys, not going to lie. Um, but it's also fun. And I think it'll also be interesting for you guys to hear just because, I don't think a lot of people understand or I don't know. I don't think a lot of influencers or even people that come off the show are super transparent about what it's truly like to go on and to be thrown back out into the real world afterwards. Um, But I did just want to preface the episode with saying we are so incredibly grateful for our platforms, for the people that follow us, for all of you, for everyone that we get to connect with and for our jobs. And I feel like in the middle, it sounds a little complainy. But like, I don't want you guys to think that we're sitting here like, what was me? Me, 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 me. Like, it's not that at all. We just wanted a space to really feel comfortable talking about what it's really like when you come off of a show like this. Um, so I think it'll be interesting for you guys to hear and hopefully you like it. And at the end, of course, we are going to, as usual, answer some questions. So we definitely picked some dating ones. So it would be a little bit more lighthearted since the episode was kind of deep. Um But yeah, without further ado, here's my bestie, Abby. Hi, Abby. Welcome to the podcast. Um, Obviously, this is my first episode ever, so I'm kind of just winging it. But what I really wanted to do was start each episode with kind of like a cultural hot topic moment. What's going on in pop culture? So what should we talk about? Not Adam Levine and Baha'i. I was literally just (laughs) I've been reading so much stuff about that. Um, I saw like Selena Gomez's documentaries coming out. Wait, I didn't know that. I love her. Selena Gomez. Yeah, she spent six years making this documentary and it's just going to cover like her life, her heartbreak with Justin Bieber. Oh my gosh. Her illness. And what's funny is, I don't know if this is all related, but Haley Bieber went on Call Her Daddy this week. I was just going to say that. I saw the teaser for her saying like, I've never talked about this before. And they were saying, like, is there overlap between her and Selena? And it's the timing of it. That's what all the comments were saying. It's like, talking about it because it's going to be talked about in Selena Gomez's. Because I feel like in the celebrity world, it's all about, like, getting ahead of the story and, like, wanting to control the narrative. Okay. If they were both smart, which I'm sure they are, and they probably have PR teams behind them, like, is this a PR stunt? Like, did they both just do it at the same time so that everyone's talking about both of them? Because that's kind of brilliant if they did. Oh, yeah. I've realized nothing is a coincidence. <laughs> Literally, especially in Hollywood. Like, I'm like, if that were in an ideal world, I would love for them to have teamed up and been like, girl power. Let's mm-hmm. both get the most out. Like, let's get our bag. Let's get the most out of this and cause a huge stir because that would be great. Like, I would love to think that 
they're actually not feuding and they have nothing against each other behind the scenes. <laughs> I would like to believe it, but they also did date uh, like the same guy. So that would have to be a lot of convincing. It was a bajillion years ago. Like I feel like everyone dates everyone in Hollywood. That's true. I I feel like I was originally team Selena, but Haley's grown on me more recently. I feel like I'm seeing a different side to her that I like, but I always have a soft, like soft spot for Selena because I grew up with her. Right. I'm definitely a Selena stan. What do you call her fans? Selenators? Selenators? What did they call Selena and Justin Bieber? Jelena? No. I have no idea. See, it was a million years ago. No, but I agree with you. I love Selena. Grew up with her. Watched Wizards of Waverly Place. Listened to her music. I feel like I just honestly feel bad for Haley. Like, mm-hmm. she literally just, I mean, as far as we know, let's wait till the documentary and the episode of Call Her Daddy comes out. But like, as far as we know, she just happened to date this guy right after somebody else that has the biggest fan base in the world. Like, that sucks. Like, I there was a video of her on the red carpet at the Met Gala crying because people were screaming like, you suck, we love Selena. Like, she literally can't even just live her life because of this like I genuinely feel bad for the girl that and then like we thought we had it bad like going through like one season of like The Bachelor imagine yeah. her like having millions of people sending her hate messages rooting for her boyfriend now husband to be with his ex-girlfriend uh it's just I do feel bad for her she can't even post like a selfie she can't post anything in her life without somebody in the comments being like Selena Selena and Justin forever or like being out in public and thinking like, okay, if I'm not smiling 24-7, someone's going to take a picture and be like, see, look how unhappy Haley is or how unhappy Justin Bieber is. Like they take like those snapshots and create this narrative. And it's like, well, how do you get your story across? Or how do you kind of escape that narrative? That's not true. Yeah. So speaking of, obviously you and I had a conversation before, like kind of related to this about what we've experienced since we've been on the show. And like in the public eye, if you will, obviously I am not a Selena Gomez. You're not Haley Bieber, but (laughs) the show is huge and people do like come up to us a lot and, and all of that does affect us. How do you feel like us being on our two shows and like being in the public eye and having a lot of people comment on everything that we do? Like, how do you feel like that's affected you if it has? I know it has. <laughs> oh yeah, it definitely has for sure. Um, I feel like it kind of goes in waves because I feel like I was with you when Matt season was airing and it was like a very exciting time for us. Like we were still very naive to the entire process of being like, okay, we're going to be on TV. This is so weird to watch ourselves. And when people would start coming up to us, it was almost kind of exciting because we were like whoa like so many people watch the show this is so cool I have people messaging me all that so there was kind of like that high for a little bit and then it just comes crashing and then sometimes (laughs) you just feel like okay when is it going to be over because it's just a moment like you get all this support in a way but then the moment that people turn on you like you realize okay that's like very fleeting and then at some point you're just like okay like it's great people are coming up saying hi want to interact and everything but it just reaches a point where you're just like okay it's been two years like I just want to move on I just want to be able to go to the grocery store do something with Noah you know with my friends and not have to talk about the show or worry that someone's going to come up and ask for a picture take a picture of me and it kind of just creates this like paranoia a little bit that 
which we never would have realized after Matt's season was airing. I think we just thought, okay, it's one season, the world goes on and it still has it like gone over that. Yeah. I definitely agree with you when thinking like being a little bit naive and thinking like, okay, it's going to be over soon, like whatever. Um, and then paradise made it even more heightened. I, I didn't realize how many more fans, I guess, watch paradise that don't watch the show. And then like, it was going to be even more people coming up to us. And yeah, like you said, it's like, it feels really cool at first. And then it definitely does make you paranoid. And I've noticed that when I'm out with other people, like my friends that I had before the show, or like if I'm dating someone and the way that I now have to think just when I'm out in public about things, like I'm worried about flashes that are going off. I'm worried about like people whispering. I'm worried about like cameras, but like it makes you legitimately paranoid. And I think other people think I'm crazy. Like when I'm with people, I'm like, oh, can we like not walk this way? Like, oh, can I not sit at this table? That's right at the front of the restaurant. Like, can we not like take this, like, it makes me sound like a crazy person because I realize like I am not Selena Gomez, but it's still to the point where like I do alter things in my life because I'm paranoid because we have had people take pictures of us when we weren't expecting it. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember we were out one night. I think it was like you, me, Piper and some other people we were out and I feel like we're usually very welcoming. Like if people want to come up and say hi, like we always try to say hi if we're not in the middle of conversation or eating food or whatnot. And I remember that night, Noah and I were still in hiding because Paradise was airing. And I was on the phone texting him because we were doing long distance at the time. And so I was trying to be present and then also be talking to him. And someone messaged some sort of bachelor side or Dwayne Moore. I can't remember one of the two. And they were like, oh my gosh, saw Chelsea, Piper, and Abigail out. Chelsea was so nice and talked to us. Piper, I think, was with Brendan, they said. And they were like, oh, Abigail was just really quiet, like on her phone and like a little rude or something. <laughs> and it's just moments like that. That's where the paranoia comes from. Because you're like, you're just trying to live your life. You're trying to have fun. But people try to like just take small glimpses. Like everyone's on their phone at some point when they're out. Not yeah. everyone's talking the entire time. But then they create this narrative And then people are like, okay, Abigail's not nice or she's not the way she is on TV. And it spirals into this bigger thing all because I was on the phone texting my boyfriend. (laughs) I put my phone down and then I think I did a shot with you guys. So it's just like stuff like that where it's like, okay, like when is it going to end in a sense? Yeah. And like, it sounds, I feel like it sounds bad because I'm like, I would love to be like, okay, I don't care what other people think. Like, I know how I am. I know my personality. I know I'm nice to everyone who comes up to me. But I definitely do have a fear that someone's going to somewhere like be like, oh, I met Chelsea and she was the biggest bitch in the world, like which sucks because I could meet a hundred people in a row. I'm in a good mood. I'm in the mood to like take a picture for 99 of them. And then one, I'm just like not as nice as I am, but I'm still nice. And then that's the one that gets posted on Reddit or wherever. And then everyone reads it and they're like, oh, yeah, well, if I meet Chelsea, she's going to be mean. Like that's just and an enormous amount of pressure to have when you're just trying to like go out and live your life. And I feel like in New York, I think it's worse. Um, I don't know how it is in LA. Let me know how it has been since you moved to California, but I do think people come up a lot more here uh, in New York. Oh, definitely. Yeah. When I lived in New York, that was definitely the worst part. There's definitely a different environment in LA. I think LA's it's much more the social norm just to kind of leave people alone and whatnot in New York. It's all about the sneaky photo, submitting tips to Dwayne Moy, all of that. 
And then to kind of go with that too, I feel like our job as content creators and influencers, our, reputa our reputation is a bit part of our job. And it's a 24 seven part of our job because you can go to work like a normal nine to five job. You have like your corporate self and then like happy hour after work or you go out with your friends, like you can really separate the two and let loose. But I feel like when you're an influencer, you're kind of in the spotlight you can't like you always like even if you're out with your friends drinking getting dinner and someone comes up like you have to get that person the time of day not yeah. saying that you want to but it's just like it's it's just like that part of the job that you can't turn off yeah what's like the because I think I get asked this a lot I feel like a lot of people always ask like do you mind when fans come up or does it bother you or what like what's the best way I guess um so like, what's your favorite way that fans could come up to you and say hi? Okay, I like that. Because I was going to say, in the beginning, I was always like, yes, like, please come up. Say I was hi. too. And it's not that I despise it, but I think for me, it's, it's the same questions. It's the same conversation. And so when you've had that hundreds of times, you're just kind of like, okay, like, I don't it's just kind of the same thing. It's like, hi, like you're from The Bachelor. Are you and Noah still together? Oh my gosh, are you guys engaged? And so when you do that a hundred times over, it just doesn't feel as authentic. And I just feel almost like annoyed at that point. I'm just like, okay, like here we go again kind of thing. Like that's like the honest part of it. Yeah. Um, I feel like the favorite way, Noah and I've talked about this, is when people just come up very suddenly, like don't draw attention. And there's like, hey, we loved you guys on Bachelor. Have a good day. So they just like get to come up, say hi, it's a quick compliment. But then I don't feel like the social pressure of like, okay, like what's your name? Like, oh my gosh. And like start a conversation. Cause it's like, I don't know these people at all. Like, I don't know what we have in common besides the show. I can't really talk about the show. Right. Um, um, so just like a very quick encounter. I can take a selfie too. Just like a very quick encounter. Yeah, I agree with you. I love a drive by. Hello. Those are my favorite people. Um, and I, I know everyone means well, and I genuinely like, I know like in the beginning, I would be like, everyone come up whenever you see me out. Yeah. Now I think it kind of just takes more of a toll if I'm being honest, like I still love seeing and talking to everyone, but it's just like when it happens 50 times in a row, it's exhausting. Like not gonna mm -hmm. lie. It is just exhausting. Cause you feel like you always have to be on and like have that face or like have a smile or whatever. When you talk to everyone, even if you're not in the mood that day, I don't even mind a picture either, like a quick selfie. But what you said about like drawing attention, that's something that I never really thought about either, but like it does genuinely make me uncomfortable. Like yeah. my favorite way that people come up is when they're just like, hi, didn't want to bother you. I just wanted to like tell you I really loved you on the show. Like have a great day. Same thing. Um, my, yeah. Say that. yeah. And then my least favorite is like when I'm on the train, like I have to take public transportation in New York and when I'm on the train and people draw attention and I can't get off the train, that makes me so incredibly uncomfortable. Or like if I'm at a restaurant or whatever, people like scream my name. So then mm -hmm. other people who don't even know who I am are now looking. So then I'm like, okay. And they want to take a picture and then other people see and they come up like that's just yeah. causing a whole entire scene. That's uh, that's my least favorite way. <laughs> well, I feel like there's so much pressure on us to have like this etiquette when we meet fans, but I feel like it's not talked enough about, okay, what about the fans etiquette towards us? Cause you know, it's like, yes, we did open up our lives. We did go on a TV show. Were we a little naive to what that entailed? Yes. I think I can honestly say I didn't really expect a lot of this when I agreed to go on the show, 
But at the same time, it's like, that was only a small part of our life. And it's a reality show. Like that was just a chapter. It's not like I'm playing this character for multiple seasons. I was on TV, I think for like eight weeks. And it's going to still be happening two years later. I think it's just one of those things where I'm just kind of like, damn, like this really does have a lot of longer term effects that I could have never like seen coming when I agreed to go on the show. Yeah. What longer term effects are you like referring to specifically? Um, I mean, definitely like some, like the paranoia almost of just on social media and in real life of always just feeling like, okay, I have to be this happy person, drama free all the time. Like if some shade gets thrown, I kind of just have to take it. And I feel like people are kind of poking, like I sent you an example the other day. Um, Because they just want a reaction out of you. Um, They just want your take on everything. Like they, you have so many people that they want to be pleased and you're kind of just trying to snap out of, okay, I can't please everybody. So forth. Um, Because again, it's like, okay, I went on a show to find love. Like I didn't go on the show to like be this be all to some people. Yeah. Yeah. People put a lot of weird pressures on influencers sometimes. Yeah, for sure. I was thinking about this in the space of like when something crazy or like something political is going on in the world and they expect a lot of people expect us or influencers to speak on every single subject. And this is something that I struggle with because sometimes I feel like if I don't say anything, then my fans are going to like DM me and be like, unfollow. How could you be posting your skincare routine in a time like this? And then if I do say something, like, I feel like I shouldn't be like, I'm an influencer. I don't have the authority to speak on like what's happening in Iran or like, I, it's just like a, a lose-lose situation. Oh, a thousand percent. Cause it's just like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. And I think people forget like CEOs of companies or big celebrities, like, yes, you'll see them like speaking out about these things or kind of having some sort of PR routine, but they have a whole team behind them. Like, it's just you and I trying to navigate our Instagram pages. Like, yeah, we have a manager for like brand deals and ads, but like all the publicity related stuff, it kind of falls on us. And we don't have a lot of prior experience. I mean, again, this was a kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity for us. We never thought we'd be in this industry, kind of the influencer space. And there's a lot of pressure on us to respond in a very high level way. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I didn't know that was part of the job. <laughs> I just typed that for this. I was like, I wish I got a lot more training in that sense. Yeah. I think part of that also is like a lot of influencers that I've met in the industry now and are friends with from New York, like they started out their careers with this in mind and like with this as a career goal and they've built their following from the ground up. And so like, they're very connected to them. And I just feel like for me, I don't know if you feel like this, I was talking to um, Cache, my friend that was on Love Island about this, but like, because we just went on a show and like the following kind of just came from the show. I just feel like sometimes, not that it's like out of control, but I just think that the other influencers have more control over their followers and like are more connected to them because they built it. Mine was just like given to me all at once from a show. So it's just very like, I, I almost feel like I don't know what I'm doing or like what to say because <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm glad you guys found me from a show and connected with me somehow enough to find me and follow me. But 
we're not connected on the level that other influencers are with their followers. That's how I feel. No, that's a really good point. Cause now that I'm thinking about it, I remember I was joking with you the other day. I was like, I don't know what my followers want to see. I post yeah. some fashion stuff, they unfollow me. I yeah. post very law stuff, they unfollow me. I post <laughs> makeup, day in the life, everything. And it's just, I think it's like what you said. It's just because we gained this following from the show. We kind of were put in front of these people. And to be honest, I think it's a very strong, like Bachelor Nation is a very strong community, very outspoken one. Um, and so when I'm not posting stuff related to Bachelor, that's kind of our niche and our background, then people are like, we're not interested. But then you like you get damned because okay, well, if I do talk about it, people are like, okay, your season was two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> And you're just like, okay, so I'll post maybe about Noah because that's why people are here and so forth. And all the questions just start coming in of like, when are you guys getting engaged? All these like very intrusive questions. And you're just like, okay, I want some privacy there. So it's again, it's like that lose-lose times 10 situation. And it's just hard because you don't really know what your followers want almost. Yeah. And I just want to have a disclaimer here, guys. I hope everyone that's here knows that Abby and I are ridiculously grateful for the platforms that we got and how we yeah. ended up here having a following. We're not complaining about it. We're just trying to give more perspective so that people can understand like our side of things and and I don't know, just get more insight into how it is on this side. So maybe people will be a little bit more understanding, a little more, more kind in the comment section. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say that because of course I'm so grateful for everything that the show brought, but, but yeah, there's just like some other things that came with it unexpectedly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely just trying to be transparent and just letting people know like, yes, I appreciate about 95% of everything that's been giving to, given to me, but no on the show, got the platform, able to kind of do more work that I want to be doing, but there is always kind of that, there's always the cons of the job and in a way, I kind of wish maybe I knew a little bit more about that side before going on the show. So I feel like this is just us trying to be transparent, maybe to other influencers or other people that are like, oh, I want to go on The Bachelor because it's this glamorous, you know, you get all these followers and everything. So do you think that if you had, you know, a magic crystal ball that told you every single thing that was going to come along with going on the show before you went on, you still would have gone on? I think, yes, I probably still would have gone on because honestly, I do have a really great life. There's so many things that I'm thankful for that I got from the show more than the things I'm not thankful for. Um, but maybe I would have approached some things a little bit differently. I think I would have been a little bit more careful, maybe. Okay, about what? <laughs> Well, I just, like, no, I just, I just remember like when we were in New York, I was just like in this very exciting time of my life, like moving to a new city, wanting to go out all the time, um, drinking, everything, being a little reckless. Okay. And nothing wrong with that. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that a thousand percent. But I also shared a lot of that on my Instagram. And now looking back, I'm like, okay. I also, I don't think it really fully hit me how many people were watching my stories, everything. And I'm like, maybe I should have posted some of that stuff like on my close friend. I remember there's a few times we went on Instagram, drum, posted stories, did some lives, everything. And I'm just like, oh God, like if I had like fully realized how many people were like watching me, maybe I would have been a little bit more professional. 
about yeah, it. Yeah, but what what did it affect? Like, do you feel like that had a negative effect on anything? Like anything that you posted? Um, I think it could have saved me probably a couple hundred hateful messages. <laughs> I got a lot of messages being like, you're drinking way too much. You're going out too much. Like people just having an opinion on your life. Mm. And I think maybe that would have made me not want to be as like, open because I think I had in my mind like oh I need to be relatable I need to be as open share as much with people okay well people either don't care that much or they just have an opinion on everything like why did I give them the chance to have an opinion on it Mm. so because you did that do you feel like you've kind of like gone to the reverse side now because you don't want hateful messages obviously nobody does so now I mean because you definitely share a lot less on your Instagram in general, then like, obviously I don't think you're going out as hard as we were when you were in New York, but you do post a lot less and you keep a lot of things, I think more private. Do you think that's the reason why? Yeah, definitely. Cause I feel like I kind of started viewing Instagram as more kind of a way to connect. Well, it's kind of twofold for me. Like obviously to connect with people, either they're there for like my hearing loss, resources, everything. So I do want to come across professional in some ways on that. And then, yeah, on the other side, like in a way, Instagram is kind of work for us. Like, yes, it's like a social platform. We're there to share our lives. But at the same time, like, I feel like I do kind of have to present my way, like myself a certain way on Instagram sometimes, not saying like what you see is fake or whatnot, but I think it's just maybe not sharing where I'm at the same day, just for safety reasons, or um, if I'm out doing something, just, okay, people don't need to see every little thing that I'm doing when I'm out. Yeah. I feel like it's so funny you said that too, because I remember when you were in New York, I was begging you to stop posting the locations that we were at. Like, guys, we would be out. And at the time, your story views, I don't know what they look like right now, but they were there was just so many people watching. <laughs> like, this is like the peak of right when we got off the show. And I was like, Abby, you've got to post our location after we leave an establishment because it's, it's literally dangerous. Um, and you listened. So thank God. <laughs> and I'm glad you're not doing that anymore. But, um, but yeah, that's like definitely something really you have to think about. And I kind of feel like I'm on the opposite journey right now because right when the show came out, I think I was very careful about what I wanted to share and specific. And I still am because I don't like want everyone knowing everything. I'm not a super open book kind of person in general. Um, So now I'm kind of trying to reverse that and be like, okay, I could share a little more. Like I can make people feel more connected to me without sharing every single detail of my life. Because like, I don't think you or I are ever going to be one of those people that just post every single thought that pops into our head. Like, that's not me. I'm never going to do that on the internet, really. And like, that's kind of why I wanted to start this podcast. I wanted to have like more of a space where I could share more and be more myself and be more vulnerable. At first, I was very closed off because I was like, wow, there are a lot of people watching my story. Like, there are a lot of people watching my every move and commenting on it. And now I feel like I have a trusted, a more trusted audience, I think, um, like that knows who I am and my intentions and stuff. Like I, I feel like I could say something wrong and people would be like, hey, I know you didn't mean it like that, but this is how it's supposed to be. And I'd be like, oh my God, I appreciate that. Thanks. Like nobody's coming for my throat immediately assuming the worst. Yeah. So now I feel like I trust my audience more and I'm ready to open up and like share more. 
at the time it was like the wild wild west when we first got the show like it was too many people too many opinions and that's when I was kind of like more closed off so it's funny that we're kind of like in opposite positions but I do get you being in a relationship from the show and feeling the need to like keep that private somewhat and protect that because I would definitely want to do that if I was in a relationship yeah it's like definitely a rare position because like you know you have so many people rooting for you and like you want to like you kind of forget okay they're not your friends and you want to share like when I see my friends I want to share all the exciting milestones and everything but I'm seeing how quickly people can turn like once they don't agree with you on something or if they hear like a rumor or if they hear false information it's just like I think that was a huge wake-up call in a sense of just like you can share, 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 and like give the people what they want, but they could turn on you at any second. So I kind of just thought, it's like, okay, what's the point? Like, I'm just going to keep it all private and just like eliminate any risks of like that happening or feel like burned in a way, or feel like I trust that you guys have my back in a way. And then I don't know. It's just a very fleeting thing. I know you hate this. So I'm not going to call you America's sweetheart of bachelor nation, but like people love you you have rarely had negative, I guess, press, I feel like. Obviously, I know some things have happened and some people have. But like, when have people turned on you? I think it was, so I'm that season. I truly think what people saw on TV, that's how I am. In real life, it's not like, oh, is this miss edit, like false edit or anything. But they, I felt like people really, really put me on a pedestal during and after Matt season and when you're on a pedestal like that like yeah it's easy to look at and be like well you weren't getting any hateful comments or anything but you also have like further to fall like once people find like a small thing there's just more pressure to be perfect and there's definitely been instances like you know me going out and drinking um there was a really bad rumor that came out about me the breakup with Noah my actions on paradise it almost felt like people were happy in a way they were like See, I knew you weren't perfect. I knew you weren't America's sweetheart. And they were so quick to like try to get me off that pedestal. And that's why I guess I mean like the whole audience is very fleeting sometimes because you're like, okay, yes, like I'm so thankful you're here. I want to share it. But at the same time, I'm like, but where were you guys? Like when I was going through these moments in a sense. So it's kind of like, okay, I have to remind myself my Instagram followers aren't my real friends in a way. Sometimes. Yeah, it's a great point. Um you said like a couple times that you feel like Bachelor Nation can easily turn on you, which we all know is true. Um, but like, was there something specific that happened or was there like one time where you really felt like, wow, you guys don't have my back? Yeah, I mean, there was a moment. It was about a year ago. There was some allegations coming out that were very, very public. I don't really like to talk about it, just like for the privacy of all the parties involved. Um, But a lot of it wasn't true. And to kind of go through a situation where you have these allegations coming towards you, you feel like you know the whole story and kind of have your side and your say in things, but to kind of see this narrative and it kind of spiral out of control and seeing how quickly people are turning on you before you've even said anything, before you've said your side. I mean, I had to turn my comments off from one of my pictures I had just posted because I was getting like thousands of comments calling me the B word, the W word, all the words in the dictionary, everything. 
and I'm going through all my messages. I have all of that. And it's hard to go through something like that because I think regardless of what the rumor was or the allegations is nobody was even interested in like hearing my side or anything. Like I never came out and said anything about it, but people just have this narrative and it just felt like people were just waiting for me to have like that fall from grace. And once they got a taste of it, it was just kind of like, okay, we're all going to attack her and like prove that she's not America's sweetheart or anything. And it was a super unfortunate experience, but I think in the end, it definitely was a big lesson learned of like, you can't trust everybody. Um, and then like, just keep things like private, like moving forward, just like things private because you really don't know what people are going to do with certain information or I don't know, just like how quickly they can like weaponize it or so forth. So you never, like, you never even addressed it. Like you and Noah didn't really like mention anything during the time that all this was happening. Yeah, I never mentioned it just because I just thought like, I feel like me saying nothing was like better than saying anything at all. Just because like, the only thing that mattered to me at that point was like my relationship with Noah. And I told him the whole truth. And that was the only thing I was worried about. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like people are sending me hateful comments and stuff. But I feel like if I come out and say anything, it's going to make it worse. So it was kind of like, rock hard like plays me but I mean I'm glad I didn't say anything because I feel like it the truth kind of felt like it kind of came out because certain stories weren't lining up whatnot I know what happened at the end of the day and like maybe someday down the road like we'll dive into it more <laughs> but I just think it's like beating a dead horse in a way because I'm just like it was the amount of fallback I didn't think was like warranted for like any of it yeah and it's honestly scary like for something that minuscule kind of to happen and that much fallout to come from it it's like wow if something if you actually did something I don't know it is wild but like at the end of the day the only thing that mattered was you and Noah being on the same page and like you guys communicating about it um uh, you're a bigger person than I am because I would have said something probably and I would have got myself I would have oh, yeah. got myself in trouble because it's like it really is like <laughs> damned if you do damned if you don't because Sometimes if you say the wrong thing, you're just throwing gas in the fire. It would have lasted longer, whatever. But it would have taken a lot for me to keep my mouth shut. I wanted to say something so badly, but I, there were some reasons why I couldn't. So obviously we've been talking about being kind of in the public eye after being on the show, the effect that being on the show and everyone's opinions and kind of being paranoid has had on us but I feel like we didn't really touch on mental health yet and I definitely want to because it really has affected my mental health severely um I was like I don't know maybe a little anxious maybe overthought a little bit before I went on the show but I never felt like feelings of depression I never felt like anxiety attacks like I never felt anything severe until I came off of the show and obviously you were there it's a very mental, mentally draining process. And we can't go into too much detail about it and about why, but like, if you're isolated, if you are, you know, you can't talk to your friends and family, if you're going through a lot and talking about your feelings all the time, like it takes a toll on you. Um, so right when I got off the show, I was definitely depressed, like for a while. And I just felt really alone because I felt like, so many people could not relate at all to what I went through. Like even my closest friends in the world, my family, like I did not feel like anyone understood 
And it took more energy for me to explain it to people. So I kind of just like didn't even bother explaining it to people and just kind of dealt with it on my own. And I'm so happy I had you guys and like everyone got off the show around the same time as me because these are the only people in the world that could relate to what I just went through. But I needed more than that. So I got a therapist. Shout out to my therapist. I love her. I've had her for like the past year. And I didn't realize how much of a toll it was taking on me until I actually got in therapy and started talking about it because having so many eyeballs on you and like thinking about every move that you're making and everyone having an opinion at all times, it, it messes with your head for sure. It definitely messes mine. Um, and then just like having someone to talk about it with where like, I didn't feel like a burden. Cause like, I didn't want to talk about this with my friends, like my home friends who like didn't get it. Or like, I didn't want to bother you guys with it all the time either. Cause I'm just like, they're going through their own shit too. Like, I don't want to put that on them. So it was just nice to have a place where I felt like I could like really get into it and like not feel guilty about sharing all that. Um, and then for paradise before I went on the show, I already had the therapist. So it was perfect because when I got back, it was like, I already had that support system waiting for me and she already understood and like knew everything that I was thinking and feeling before I got there. So I don't know. My long-winded point is <laughs> it, it takes a huge effect on your mental health from, I mean, that's my opinion. How do you feel about it? I mean, I definitely agree. I mean, it's like what you said, there's definitely multiple layers of like, why it was so mentally draining and has all the long-term effects that it does. Um, one of them being all the eyeballs on you and just feeling like, okay, no matter what you do or you say, it's not good enough. You have people psychoanalyzing you on TV, like digesting every little like word that you're saying, um, which definitely takes a toll because they're almost like assigning um, behaviors to you in a way. They're like, oh, she's so manipulative. She said that, so forth. And you kind of start doubting yourself because you're like, wait, am I actually like this? Am I this person that they're saying I am? And you kind of lose touch of, okay, this is who I really am so far. And then also just the layer of like, the whole thing is such a stimulation. Like you go, you know, for a short amount of time, it feels longer. And then you kind of just get thrown back into real life. And the only people that know what you've gone through are the people that you went through it. But then you also get that pressure of people saying, oh, you're only hanging out with them for clout. You're only with them because they're on the show. You have all your real life friends getting on you saying you don't make time for us anymore. And it's just all this pressure because it's they don't get it and I don't expect them to. But then you almost feel like they're casting a judgment on you, like people that you thought were your friends casting a judgment on you saying, oh, you think you're too good for, for us. You don't talk to us anymore. But it's like they never reached out when obviously I was kind of withdrawing or I was going through all this stuff or when the show was airing or like when I had my breakup with Noah. There's a lot of people that didn't reach out to me. And it just it's kind of a slap in the face in so many different ways, like all, the, all eyes on you, you, people that you thought were your friends, so forth. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely very mentally draining. It's like what you said, like, yeah, like. I dealt with anxiety a little bit before the show, but nothing where to the point where I felt like, oh, I need to go to therapy for this or so forth. And then like just the last few months, like it really kind of just all catches up to you. And you're just like, wow, I'm a totally different person because of the show. What I thought was just going to be a fun experience going on dating this hot guy. And it just completely changes you. And it's just like, it's a weird reality to grasp sometimes. Yeah, I feel like I've used this word to describe it a lot, but like 
coming back from that simulation world into the real world was like a whiplash because mm -hmm. it just, especially because it was like we were doing at the time of COVID too. So it was like, you come, you go in this world where like COVID doesn't exist, money doesn't exist, like nothing, you don't have cell phones, like TV doesn't exist. So you're just like in this bubble. And then like, as soon as you get no rose, you're just thrown back out into the real world and expected to like adapt. And it wasn't a quick adapting process. Like it was something that we'd never dealt with before, didn't know how to deal with. And yeah. I didn't even think about what you said about people being like, oh my God, you're only hanging out with your bachelor friends for clout. Like, it's like, no, these are the only people that understand me right now. And luckily my, my home friends and like my friends from before the show are incredible people and we're super understanding. Like I, when I first got back and everyone's always like, oh my God, were you so excited to get your phone back? That was the worst part. Like I didn't want my phone back. When I got it back, I had a bajillion messages. Everyone wants to know what happened, what's going on. You're not allowed to tell anyone. Mm -hmm. And so, and everyone's like, you're exhausted and mentally drained. Everyone like wants to know what's going on and wants you to talk to them. So mm -hmm. I straight up told my friends, I was like, well, at first, the first week, I just like wasn't telling people that I was even back. I didn't even tell people I had my phone back and they could see that the messages, yeah, the messages were green and they, and they weren't green anymore. They were like being delivered. So I got called out. <laughs> um, but then after that, I was just like, Hey, I need everyone to understand that like a lot just happened and I need time to process it. And I can't talk to you right now. And my friends were like, we get it. Like, we're not going anywhere. We love you. We'll be here whenever you feel ready to talk about it. And like, we're here to support you if you need anything. Um, and I definitely was withdrawn and I definitely was hanging out with bachelor people more than I was hanging out with my old friends or spending enough time, like FaceTiming them or calling them. And I feel like now that I have more like mental clarity and just am feeling better in general with my mental health because of, of therapy. Now mm -hmm. I feel like I have a lot more time and energy to give to all of those people again. But it's like, like I said, I feel very lucky because they, they were super understanding, like, oh my God, of course, like take all the time you need. We're still going to be here kind of thing. Um, but yeah, no, I get, I get what you're saying about, uh, it's shitty that you people that you thought were, you know, your closest friends and your best friends weren't reaching out when, when you were having struggles. And I think that people like look at us as almost like TV show characters. So I feel like people probably were like, oh, She's exactly. not really hurting or struggling. Like, yeah, the breakup's not real. She's probably fine. Like that was probably staged. And I think people like think about it like that and not like making an excuse for people not reaching out to you. But I think people really look at it like that. Like it's like, oh, TV shit. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. And I feel like another thing too, that's like one of the longer term effects is almost feeling like you got used. Like, I don't know if you feel like this sometimes, like you put so much energy into the show or whatnot. And and even like post-show or whatnot, you almost kind of just feel like, okay, you got sucked out of everything that they wanted from you and then kind of just tossed back. And you're just kind of like, okay, like I talked about things I've never talked about, like traumas, everything. And they really pulled it out of me. And I talk, literally share it with the world and then get disregarded. And it's one of those things where you're just kind of like, yes, like that's the business, like it's a show, whatnot. Like you shouldn't take those things personally. But it's just like a very real, again, it's the whole stimulation thing. It's a very weird thing. You can't really explain it to other people, but it's just a harsh reminder of like, you're not special. Like, and it, I, it, <laughs> it is like, you're not special. Like you were on the show for a reason. We use that for the full benefit. Goodbye. 
Yeah. And once you kind of get that slap in the face, it's definitely hard because it's almost like a loss of identity because you're like, okay, well, is that all that I'm good for? Like you kind of start questioning everything. And I mean, it's just a weird slap back into reality for sure. Yeah, you're right. And like you said, okay, I know it's not personal. It's business and it is business. We're all smart enough to know that this is a TV show it's a machine. Like they know how to operate. They've been doing this for a very long time. They're good at it. They know how to produce good TV, but like it is personal. (laughs) Like it was personal to us. It was personal to me when I'm like talking about how I shaved my head and like telling people something that's so vulnerable to me, like that I've never shared with anyone. It's personal to you when you're talking about your hearing loss for the first time, like when you're dating someone, like it is personal to all of us. And to them, it's almost like, okay, you're, a number like you're part of the machine like thanks so much for the good tv bye (laughs) so like that that like yes I know it's not personal but like it is personal it was personal oh yeah and I think people definitely saw like how I acted differently on paradise because I mean it's not fun yeah yeah paradise is a whole different ball game (laughs) (laughs) but hey at least you got at least you, you got Noah out of paradise no, I mean, that's like what's so weird about it. I think people just are always like, not like saying that's what you're doing, but I think people are like, you got so much out of the show, everything. And it's like, yes, a thousand percent. Like I got what I wanted. Very grateful. But I think there's also a lot of things that even Noah and I still kind of struggle with sometimes, uh, like the fallback from the show, just certain things that happen from the show that still are relevant to our life. And I'm just kind of like, like I just wish we met in real life and could just like forego that entire experience I think that we're seeing just a lot of grief a lot of building of trust everything and but at the end of the day like it is what it is it's our story yeah I'm sorry I wasn't obviously trying to minimize anything by saying at least you don't know out of it I was just you know talking about how it truly was the best case outcome like I got some money but I think it's also just a nice reminder of people like because you got what you want out of the show. It's not all roses and everything or like. Right. Like just because you might've had best case scenario doesn't mean it didn't still come with some negative territory. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, you would have still done the show. Had you known everything you know now? And I would have too. I can't. (laughs) Yeah. I, so I still would have done it it again. Yeah. I still would have done it. Um, would I do it again? No. (laughs) but <laughs> that's, a, that's a very good question yeah I also said I wouldn't do it again before paradise and look look what happened okay I wasn't gonna go on paradise either neither one of us were gonna go on paradise <laughs> and look what happened somehow we ended up there <laughs> okay I feel like I have to ask this since today is the premiere of bachelor in paradise the, se- the first season since we haven't been on <laughs> um are you gonna watch the show Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm doing like a viewing party and stuff. That's the theme. It's like, I can still watch it. Yeah, the bubble's been burst in some ways. I watch it and like, once you know the behind the scenes, it kind of ruins like the magic of the show sometimes. But I mean, it's still fun to watch it. Definitely being one and done with it. Like, okay, I have my boyfriend. We're never going through that experience again. It's almost like, it just feels nice be like okay I'm gonna let these people enjoy go through what I went through whatnot but yeah I'm gonna be watching it yeah it's it's definitely different to watch it as a viewer now um 
I haven't watched a single episode since Michelle's season. <laughs> Obviously, I wanted to support Michelle because, you know, she's our yeah. friend. She was on our season. Um, but since that, it was like, it kind of felt good to be like, wow, I don't actually know a single person. I don't have a connection to the show. I don't have to watch it. And that was Clayton's season. So I didn't watch Clayton's. I didn't watch, who was just on? Gabby and Rachel. Oh, right. Didn't watch Gabby and Rachel. Am I going to watch Paradise? I don't know. Paradise is like a different show and it's kind of like hilarious, you know? Yeah. And I do still know some people on Paradise this season. So like, I'm kind of going back and forth. Like it starts tonight. I haven't, I still haven't decided. (laughs) Should I watch it? Should I watch it? Yeah. It's probably going to be hilarious. The first, the first day is usually the funniest. I feel like with everyone coming in. But I already know what's going to happen. I've read, I've been spoiled. Oh, I have to. I get spoiled every season, but I still- uh, I've always been like a true watcher of the show. Like I would avoid spoilers at all costs. I'm before. the I need spoilers for me uh, to enjoy the show. Well, I'm like, I don't want to know what happens. Like, I feel like I'm watching a rom-com and I'm like, are they going to make it? <laughs> okay. Let's pivot to my final segment where we chell it like it is. <laughs> like it is. <laughs> This is like one of the names that somebody came up with on my Instagram. They're like, chill it it like it is. And I thought that was so cute, but I was like, not for the podcast, but maybe for a segment. So we're potentially going to call this segment, chill it like it is, where we give someone advice and we're blunt, we're honest, because that's how Chelsea is. (laughs) Um, Let's do a fun one about dating. How many dates can I go on with a guy in one week? We just started seeing each other two weeks ago. Um, that's interesting because she's asking how many times it's acceptable to see the guy in a week. That she yeah. just the week prior. Yeah, she just met him two weeks ago and she wants to know how many times it's like normal to hang out with a guy in a week. I feel like if she likes the guy, like is actually like interested in seeing where it's going, I say once or twice a week. Cause I feel like that's a good amount of time. Like, okay. That gives you like midweek to have your routine, have that time to yourself, reflect, not get too wrapped up in like the lust of it all, but then you're still seeing the person and getting that time with them without letting too much time go on. But you don't want to like just spend seven days with somebody that you just met. Okay. Definitely not play it a little bit cool in the beginning. I'm not very good at playing it cool, but you definitely can. <laughs> um, yeah. And I like what you said about like not getting caught up in the lust of it, because I feel like it's really easy to do that when you're like, I've dated guys that live in the same neighborhood as me. And then I, you get excited because it's like, oh my God, I finally like somebody. Like I haven't liked somebody in a while. Like I want to see them all the time. They keep asking me to hang out. And then it's easy to like get caught up. You see them like three times, four times that week. And then all of a sudden the whole relationship crashed and burned in three months when you could have just slowed down and realized you didn't even like the guy to begin with. (laughs) Just save yourself all that trouble. Can you tell this is coming from personal experience? (laughs) Oddly, very specific. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I'm sure that's not going to happen to you. So listen to Abigail's advice, which is... um, once or twice a week. I think that's pretty normal. Listen to my advice and listen to Chelsea's experience. Yeah. I think once, once or twice a week is normal. Cause once a week, like if you only see each other, maybe like every Friday, I feel like depending on how much you're texting or talking, like maybe he's not a good texter. Like maybe you guys are really busy during the work week and you don't talk that much. I feel like it'd be easy to like, it would die out quickly. Yeah. 
Okay, that's good advice. I feel like we should do one more just in case that one's shitty. <laughs> do you want to do how do I tell my partner that they don't seem happy with our relationship anymore? That's that's a tough. So they think their partner's not happy with the relationship. Like if you were in a relationship with Noah and he just seemed like he wasn't that happy, but he wasn't saying anything. Mm, like, how do you bring that up? Because clearly my worst nightmare. <laughs> That is terrible. No, it's a terrible spot to be in because like you don't want to bring that up. And then like once you say it out loud, it's kind of out there. And then they're like, well, I thought I was perfectly happy. Like, what do you mean? Or like, well, I feel like I'm acting the same. Like, I, I don't know. They could just deny it even if you clearly feel. We have women's intuition. Okay. You can feel an energy shift. You can feel a vibe. Like, I feel like if she thinks he's unhappy with the relationship, he probably is. Ooh. That's pretty blunt. Okay. This is where we tell it like it is. I feel like yes, but guys also think very differently than we do in some ways. So I feel like context is everything. Like, okay, did he, um, I guess he working on his car the day more or something, or is he being a little bit quieter than normal? I feel like guys' brains are just like, I don't know how to describe it, but I just feel like after being with Noah, I've learned so much about how guys like think about things like us girls, we really do overthink so many things. And I think we do take things a little too personal sometimes, like if a guy's action or something. So I would just, just ask him, it would be my thing, which be like, Hey, like, is everything okay? What not? And he's like, Oh yeah. Or he'd be like, okay. Like, I just noticed you were being a little quiet, like the last few days. And he could just be like, oh yeah, like my car is just like, it's having a lot of problems. So I'm just stressed about it. Like it could just be something simple like that or even do like a fun activity that you guys like to do together. And if that like perks him up and you notice that he's like being happy or whatnot, maybe he's just stressed about something else. But if he's being like grumpy or like not receptive to that, then I would say there's definitely an issue. Okay, that is good advice because you're right. I I have not learned much about how guys think. I still don't understand it. Um, but I think they have a lot of trouble multitasking and they, they truly don't think like us. Like I could be upset about something at work, but I could still be like normal in this like podcast, but I could still be normal and go out with a drink, like for a drink with my other friend. Like they, you're right. It could just be something's wrong with their car and it's stressing them out as simple as that. So asking is solid advice and I also like what you said about like planning something cute. Like if you do like surprise him with something that you guys used to love doing together or like something that, you know, makes him happy or his favorite meal or like something, and then see how he reacts to that. Because if you create a safe space for him to communicate, mm -hmm. then he yeah. might just tell you what's wrong anyway. Like, like you a man guns blazing and being like, tell me what's wrong. And right. Then like closes up or he goes on the guard. Yeah. So don't, don't go in accusatory, just mm -hmm. like create a warm, cozy, happy, safe space. <laughs> Guys are so lucky to have us <laughs> where he can feel comfy just telling you what's up. That's, that's a solid plan. Yeah. Wow. Good advice, Abby. Good advice, Chelsea. <laughs> so I like to ask all my guests, what is one thing that you wish people knew about you? One thing I wish people knew about me. It could be like clearing up an assumption that people might have. It could be 
a fun fact. It could be anything in the world, but like something that you wish people knew about you. Now is your chance to be vulnerable. What would you say about that? Um, I feel like the whole reason that I wanted to start this podcast was because in almost every aspect of my life, like growing up, career, everything to this point, I feel like I've been put in a box or like not had a voice or like a place to speak my mind. Like, I really feel like everyone's always been telling me since I was younger, like, oh my God, you're so like direct. You're so blunt. You're so honest. You're so not in like necessarily a negative way in the beginning. Yeah. Because maybe I did need to tone it down a little bit, but like, I don't really feel like I've ever had a space where I could truly say what's on my mind and like, it was okay to do so. So I feel like there's always a guard up. I feel like there's always a filter coming through before it comes out of my mouth. And that sucks. <laughs> like it's really exhausting to filter every single thing. I, I know in, in a way everyone does this. Like it's part of growing up and being an adult. You can't just say what pops into your head like you could when you were a child. But like, I feel like there's an extra added layer with me kind of. And so like for modeling, you're never allowed to talk. Like you're just supposed to be a pretty face. And like in the fashion industry, I was an assistant. Like you don't know what you're talking about. So like, you're not allowed to have an opinion on the show. I was the model girl. So like, I didn't get to ever speak. I was just runway walking giggling, looking hot, like the fashionista, whatever. So my point is there's never been a place where I feel like I've been able to talk and like have a voice, actually share my personality, actually say what's on my mind. And that's why I want to make this podcast. So what I wish that people knew about me is that like, I actually have something to say and I'm not just a pretty face guys. I actually have a brain under here. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, that's, that's my answer. Okay. I feel like mine could be a little similar. I feel like an assumption people have about me is I've never been called boring more in my life than I have when I was on TV oh my god I feel like it was so frustrating because people were just like oh she's so boring all this stuff and I'm just like well one it's really hard to be yourself in front of the camera first of all like all you're seeing is like when the camera is on you and I'm somebody like I'm only really myself like goofy and whatnot with like my closest friends Noah whatnot like in my own element and whatnot right like like everybody is yeah, I'm not comfortable inside the camera, even my own camera, like Instagram, like you'll hardly ever catch myself like talking to the camera Well, not. I don't like it. But it doesn't mean I'm bored. I feel like if anything, it just makes me more like normal sometimes. Like I'm just like, I just like to do things off camera. Yeah. But okay, yeah. guys, you already hear first, Abigail's not boring. Also, not bored. can confirm I don't have any boring friends. Abigail is one of my closest friends and she's not boring. If you followed us in the early days when uh, we weren't filtering our stories, <laughs> you would know. I'm not bored. And not boring. Oh, that's a good one. That's like, do you feel like people on Paradise more or on Bachelor called you boring or about the same? <laughs> I think, okay. I feel like I talked more on Matt season, like about my hearing loss. So I think it was less boring but they were just kind of like she's so serious like she's only talking about her hearing loss mm. and on paradise I felt like they yeah it was just a very weird thing watching myself I was like yeah I you saw like I yeah. hated it I hated being by the camera I was like I just wasn't myself 
And I think people just kind of took that like, oh, she's so boring. Like, why is she here? Like, why is no end to her? And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I just don't like being in front of the camera. Yeah. And you guys only see what they choose to show. So I can, I, I have also been called boring from the show, which I don't think I've ever been called boring in my life at all. Like maybe behind my back. I don't know. But like I saw a comment section in paradise when like my cast photo was announced and it was like, I don't know why you guys keep bringing this girl back. She's so boring. And I was yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, I see those comments everywhere about myself. And I was just like, okay, well, you saw like two seconds. Yeah. Uh, like I, I was so not boring in paradise. I stopped giving a fuck in paradise. I was like, Woo, I'm saying whatever I'm doing whatever and they didn't even show any of it so they're lost but uh <laughs> oh no we see your whole little love triangle all right all That's right <laughs> the one time they showed my non-boring side but um <laughs> that was a good one I'm glad I'm glad we cleared it up okay so if you guys want to find Abigail and her boring Instagram pages <laughs> You can, um, Abby, tell us where we can find you. I'm uh, Abigail underscore Herringer. <laughs> Anything else you want to say before we wrap the show today? Nothing big. We just need to get Chelsea out to California so we can do this in person. Uh, yeah, I do. I look, I'm going to be in Cali a little bit more, um, more than I have been recently. And you haven't come back to New York, so it's time for you to come back to New York, too. I'll be there in a month. Yay, I can't wait. Um, okay. Well, this is like slightly more serious, but like, whatever. I just wanted to say that you were one of the people that genuinely encouraged me to start a podcast at a time when I really needed to hear it. Cause I was like nervous about it and scared, which I still kind of am. So I just wanted to say thanks. Um, Aww. yeah. Thanks for encouraging me. Thanks for being positive about it. And thanks for being a guest today. My first guest. First guest. <laughs> No, okay. fun chit-chatting. Yes. Okay. Well, that is it. That's a wrap on our very first episode. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you to our guest, Abigail, for being vulnerable with me. And please don't be shy. Please tell me what you thought about the episode. You can DM me at Chelsea Vaughn and you can leave a review here. I would love to hear what you guys think or any suggestions you have for upcoming episodes or guests that you want me to have on. But we will see you guys next time.